And so, you know, Beck is explaining to them about the elementals, earth, wind, fire, and water. And I'm sitting here having Captain Planet flashbacks. I'm like, where's Heart? <laughs> Heart's missing. Where is it? Yeah, I was just waiting for them to break into song for that. <laughs> Welcome to the Marvelous Madams podcast. We're your hosts, Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. We are burdened with the glorious purpose of talking all things Marvel. Madams, assemble. Chris, I have a question for you. Yes? I don't know what is real anymore. (laughs) Yes, yes, uh, we are discussing Spider-Man Far From Home today. This will be part one, and it certainly is quite the social commentary, isn't it? It is. I don't know if I'm in a simulation or if there are drones zooming by. Maybe that's the buzzing in my ears. I don't know what's happening. And I don't have my Peter Tingle. (laughs) Well, what I do know is that I absolutely love this movie. It's top five, possibly even top three MCU for me. Uh, No, it can't be that high for me because of... You know, this is the first movie after Endgame and Tony's dead and we address that a lot and it makes me teary so I don't like to watch it too much. It does definitely tug at the heartstrings. But what makes the movie for me, which I never thought would happen because I've never been much of a fan of his at all really, was pretty indifferent. Jake Gyllenhaal steals this movie every scene he's in. Yeah, you know, actually, after learning about his hygiene habits and seeing how sweaty he gets in this movie he never did anything for me but now he outright will never ever do anything for me (laughs) yeah so just like homecoming everybody we are recording this in late august i am currently settling into uh the new home that i don't yet have as of right now i'm fine (laughs) it's fine i'm not stressed uh and yes we recently uh heard about mr gyllenhaal's Lack of showering. (laughs) You know, I understand people want to know things about celebrities, but there is something called TMI. Yeah. Yeah, there is a line. Yes. And listeners, if you ever want to know about our hygiene habits, you will not. (laughs) Uh, Another thing I love about this movie is seeing Spider-Man and Peter out of New York. Yes. He's getting quite a few stamps on his passport i must say yes you know i am very concerned though why Rewatching this i hadn't seen it probably since it came out actually yeah i saw it once that's it this is the second time i watched it i think this was the third time i watched it i may have seen it twice in theaters i think Mm -hmm. but i'm very concerned this time around about you because i could just see oh god she is going to be complimenting quentin beck out the ass for his project management and production values. I plead the fifth. That's what I thought. (laughs) (laughs) And the action and effects might be the best in the MCU thus far. The action was certainly good. I don't know about the best, but it was very, very cinematic. Mm -hmm. And some of the scenes... Some of the sequences we have in with Spider-Man in the second half of the movie were absolutely amazing. I think I feel that way because the elementals are so well done. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's so incredibly realistic. Yeah, so that's Quentin Beck, you know? Right. And, you know, this movie too could have been a major cliche. You know, once again, we have the classic trope of the hero not wanting to be the hero anymore, but the twist makes it so well done. It does. And also, since we are watching this immediately after Homecoming, since we're doing this back to back, there's a big change in Peter's attitude. Mm -hmm. And it shows us how much he's grown and also in between with everything that happened. And it's it's believable for him to not want to be the hero at this point. Absolutely. In other cases, it's like, yeah, sure, you don't want to be the hero. But the minute, you know, anyone steps on a wrong twig and you're like, oh, hero time, boom, boom, boom. That's not the case here. 
Definitely. And what I think really strengthens this movie too, and this speaks to Quentin Beck's motives, the continuity. They manage to call back to 11 years and 22 movies ago, bringing back a character that resonated in the past with a villain that resonated in the past, tie it to this plot and enhance the motive of the villain so that it's totally believable. Yeah, and that's the thing about the MCU. Whether it's five years, 11 years, or God knows how many movies, they manage to bring things full circle and give us the sense of it's a real world. There is continuity in the smallest of ways. Yeah, and speaking of that continuity, we open with two people who are a sight for sore eyes, and that is Nick Fury and Maria Hill in Mexico. Yes, we do. And things are not looking too good. Yeah, a cyclone is bad enough. A cyclone with a face is a problem. (laughs) Yeah. And this is where we get our introduction right away to Mysterio. It's a great entrance, and we see he is in the total comic book accurate Mysterio costume, complete with his fishbowl helmet. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And it is comic book accurate, and he is as cheesy as the comics. I love it. The put-upon hero (laughs) saving the day. (laughs) He does it very well. Yeah, he does. And right off the bat here, Sandman looks so real. Do you hear that, Thomas Hayden Church? Go fuck yourself. You can't blame him for that. Come on. I mean, CGI at that time was very different. Oh, I don't care. I don't care. He didn't even know how to smile in that movie. I think he had like 10 lines. He was useless. Okay. I'm just bitter. Really? I wouldn't know. (laughs) I can hear the bitterness just oozing from you. I've never gotten that two hours and change of my life back. (laughs) So while Mysterio is handling things down in Mexico with uh, Fury and Hill, Peter's back at school just being 16. Yes. Five years later. I remember being in the theater and I will always love you. Coming on and being number one, super confused. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what the fuck is even happening? Yeah, yeah. And then I realized it was a memoriam and I cried. I think the I will always love you kind of offsets that for me because it is just so damn cheesy. You can't cry because then you're cheesy. I love that song. I always have. I do, too. But it's it's a bit much. I mean, it is high school kids who are doing it. It's understandable. It's supposed to be a bit much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why I was laughing while I was crying. And these kid newscasters are great. Yeah, they are. They are so awkward and so terrible. They are perfect. Yes. And we get one of Marvel specialties here giving us solid exposition in an entertaining way. We, we know immediately it's been eight months since. Everybody came back since month. This is where we first hear the blip used. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they're addressing how some people have aged, some haven't. Brad. (laughs) Yeah. Got some things to say about Brad. (laughs) Yeah, it is very well done. Very concise. Gives us all the information we need and reminds us that just because we saw these these heroes die or go away at the end of Endgame doesn't mean that they've done something to bring them back. The stakes are real. Right. Yeah, and the stakes are a lot lower for Peter now because he's not worried about the next big attack. He's not worried anymore about androids, aliens, and wizards. No, he isn't. And that's the way it should be right now. Mm-hmm. He's done enough. Yeah, he needs a break. Yeah. And his only concern is trying to figure out how to tell MJ he likes her. And it is adorable. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's amazing how Peter can be a superhero 
and also a super awkward dork. Yes. And I have to say, so MJ loves the Black Dahlia because of the murder. She dislikes people as a species. She is my soulmate. Yeah. Yeah. When I heard that, I said, yep, yep, you found someone. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) So the kids are going to Europe on a school trip. Lucky kids. Yeah, I can I go, please? (laughs) You're tiny, maybe in the right lighting with the right makeup, we can have you pass for 17. (laughs) Uh, I have too many grays for that, unfortunately. (laughs) So Peter's laying out his whole plan here with Ned of how he's going to woo MJ on this big trip. And I just love Ned's reaction. Step seven. Don't do any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't need elaborate plans to get the girl. Yeah, I think, though, Ned is a little more delusional than Peter in some ways because um, Ned thinks that Europeans love Americans. (laughs) Tis not the case. Well, it varies, I suppose. Person to person. Ned's whole thing is he wants to be bachelors together in Europe. (laughs) They are just too cute. Yeah, I think the minute a a pretty girl would look at them, they'd run away screaming because they wouldn't know what to do. But sure, they can dream. (laughs) (laughs) So now it's time to catch up with Aunt May. And another great bit of exposition here. We find out she was also blipped, which actually kind of made me happy to know that they weren't separated. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. Because they were all the other had, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, imagine if she found out that he was in space when he got blipped. (gasps) Yeah. I don't think she would have survived the unblipping. Yeah. That's a really good point. Mm. this gave us our first look at what it's like to come back from the blip to this crazy new world and no home. And I love this because like we talked about in homecoming, this is an aunt may that we actually want to spend time with. She's not just window dressing. She is a character. Yeah. For more reasons than just one. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. What was that? Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah and uh spider-man is here making an appearance at the fundraiser isn't he yeah so the first time when i saw this this was before any of the disney plus shows i didn't think too much about the fundraising aspect of why they're doing this and people and help the people who've been displaced after the blip and all of that so now after falcon and the winter soldier This brings up a whole new flavor to this movie, doesn't it? It does. These people came back to nothing. Yeah, but again, we saw that in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that those who came back and they had homes that were taken over by other people, those people were thrown out and these guys got their original homes back. Mm -hmm. So it's for them that the fundraising is being done, not for the ones who were blipped, those who remained. We also don't know how much it may have varied by, like, country and region. Could be. But also, again, May does mention that when she came back home, uh, the people living there were confused and they seemed to be living in the same home. Right. They don't go into it too much here. It's just enough following Endgame because this movie did come out, what, like, two, two or three months after. Correct. Yeah. And it didn't get into that because that wasn't the subject. That was the subject for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Even WandaVision a little bit, seeing Monica Rambeau. Yeah, true. And I love this, again, great chemistry between Tom Holland and Marissa Tomei. It's such a great juxtaposition of the superhero and the kid. Even Spider-Man needs to pack his toothpaste. (laughs) Yeah, and see, a parent is always a parent. Even if your kid is a superhero. Very true. And uh, there's somebody else at the fundraiser, too. Yeah, someone was very happy to see happy. Yes, May is uh, seemingly a little bit smitten with Mr. Hogan. Yeah, 
Yeah. Although it'll be it'll be clear that relationship's a little more lopsided at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Communication is key. I think they used John Favreau just perfectly. Yes, they did. And he seems so different now after everything. He does. Yeah. Did he get blipped? I don't know. I was wondering that. I don't think so. But I don't know, maybe. And I love Peter's face as he senses the romantic tension between the two of them. Yeah, and he's so confused, which, frankly, I was too. Like, where did that come from? Well, it shows. You know, time has passed. Things have happened. They do it in a subtle way. It's not over the top. Yeah, it's done subtly. But it was sudden for us and for Peter. Well, for Peter, I think maybe some of this has happened before, but it just couldn't or wouldn't enter his mind. Either that or maybe they'd been spending time outside of the house, outside of Peter's, you know, presence. Could be. We do see a shot later where he's at her office. Yes, that is true. Yeah, so Happy has a message for Spider-Man here. Uh, Nick Fury's going to call you. Yeah, that never bodes well. This is a great exchange because (laughs) Happy is terrified at the idea of speaking to Fury. I think that's fair. Yes, yes. But the problem is Peter also has no intention of speaking to him. Yeah, which is understandable. He does want to go on his break peacefully. But you, you don't. There are certain things in life you never do. Ghosting Nick Fury is one of them. That's true. Yes, yeah, so you think you're going to deal with him after your trip. All right, kiddo, good luck with that. <laughs> there is no trip. Yeah, and I understand where Peter's coming from. He's not ready for this legacy that the media is trying to put upon him after Tony's death. Yeah, that and also he still seems to be grieving for Tony, which is understandable. Yeah. And. After everything that he went through in Infinity War and then coming back in Endgame and immediately seeing the world has changed so much and seeing his mentor die in front of him, it's a lot for a 16-year-old. Yeah, and they show us that Tony's presence is everywhere. Peter takes off, Mm -hmm. wants to do some flying, and we see that huge Iron Man mural. And Tony has been canonized by the entire world. Yeah. But not everyone, like you said, as Falcon and the Winter Soldier shows us. Yeah, true. But for him in his world, it's a lot. And knowing Tony personally and knowing how much Tony wanted him to be his successor. Yeah, I can't imagine that pressure. Yeah, it's a lot. You know what else I can't imagine? What? A superhero not being able to sense the bananas coming his way. (laughs) (laughs) come on yeah the peter tingle is a bit wonky you know i just love the little things in marvel movies one of them here is there's a a sign taped over peter's light switch that says do not turn off yeah (laughs) five years ago when we moved into our home my husband had to put the same sign over the light switch in our bedroom to quote Krista prove it (laughs) because I kept fucking up the light switches because there are too many goddamn light switches in this house and we had a dimmer switch and I didn't understand and finally he's just like enough (laughs) I I laugh because I don't know what to say Mm -hmm. so May thinks it's wise for Peter to take a suit with him but he wants nothing to do with it he doesn't want to even have the possibility Of playing the hero. Yeah, I kind of understand where she's coming from because it's probably not so much as, oh, you need to be a superhero, but in case the shit goes down, at least you're protected with the suit. Yeah. Maybe she isn't saying that in so many words to him. It's caution. Yeah, it's a form of like, wear your jacket, it's probably going to be cold. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So now we got to get on the plane to Europe. God, I love these teachers so much. Martin Starr returns as Mr. Harrington. And now we also get Mr. Dell. I fucking love this guy. (laughs) He's such a moron. 
And because it's a movie, I can love him. I can forget for a little while that there are plenty of people, even in my current neighborhood, my general vicinity, who believe the things that are coming out of his mouth. (laughs) He would have probably been my favorite teacher in school because he would just be so clueless and so fun. You wouldn't learn anything, but sure. Yeah, it would be fun. You know, it would be like a goof off class. Yeah, but you know who's not having fun is is Flash, because guess what? He's still 16, not 21. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And was he trying to sit in business class? Yes. Yes, he was. First class. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So all Peter wants to do is sit next to MJ on this flight. It's so cute. And the best Ned can do is a perfume allergy and it totally backfires. (laughs) Oh, it backfires <laughs> spectacularly. So badly, yeah. <laughs> I cannot think of anything worse than sitting next to my teacher on a transatlantic flight. Especially Mr. Harrington, because he's got some issues. Yeah, yeah. I'm hmm. I'm actually trying to think of something worse. This story is amazing. Imagine you're just telling one of your students, yeah, we had a fake funeral for my wife because she pretended to be blipped, but just left me for another dude. (laughs) Yeah, dude needs therapy. Yeah, but you know what? This is another one of those little things where on the surface, it's a really funny moment, but also it makes you think now that we've seen Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, makes you think, oh my God. How many people were in that kind of situation? Yeah, that's true. How many people were in bad relationships that they wanted out of? Not necessarily abusive, but just like relationships they didn't want to be in anymore. And the blip made it possible. And then they came back and it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that's true. In fact, actually, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, in the first episode, there's this one couple that comes, comes up to Sam and tells them, and tells him, my wife is back because of you. Thank you. And the woman has this like stone face look. I remember thinking, I wonder if she's actually happy to be unblipped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's a very good possibility. You know, a lot, lot of people may have been happier to not have come back into the same situation. Yeah, definitely something to think about. Mm-hmm. So Peter is trying to deal with this whole debacle ends up in the bathroom, freaking himself the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah, and MJ needs to use the loo. (laughs) This is one way to freak out a girl. Yeah, and that doesn't go quite go so well because after cleaning up and and spit polishing everything, it's not her. Fucking Brad. Yeah. Dude's a bad petty. But you know who is having a better time with the ladies? Yeah, Ned seems to be having a good time. Yeah, Ned's got himself a girlfriend after a single plane ride. Yeah, and you know, I can see why. Because he was trying to game on his laptop. And let me tell you, gaming on a laptop on battery power doesn't last long. You need to have a backup plan. (laughs) Enter Betty. Yes. Which kind of worked out well for him. So good for him. Normally, battery power gaming doesn't end well. Yeah. And uh, just like in Homecoming, we're continuing interracial relationships in this movie, which I like. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, as far as the American bachelors go, those were the words of a boy. (laughs) He's now a man. (laughs) He wishes. (laughs) Hey, let him dream. Okay. And now we have reached Venice and Aunt May just couldn't help herself. She went ahead and packed Peter's suit for him, but not just the suit. The banana too. (laughs) I laughed so hard at this. This is a sign that someone has not traveled out of the country. (laughs) Well, one, he just looks like such an itty baby here. I love it. But two, (laughs) this reminded me so much of something that happened to my husband and I when we first moved out to California. It was our first duty station back in 2013. We drove cross-country drive seven days from Jersey out to California. 
we get to the California border and it looks like it's this toll station, you know, we're from Jersey. You got to pay tolls to get anywhere. So we just assumed, okay, this is a toll. Neither of us had ever traveled much before. So like, okay. So I had literally had a handful of change in my hands, not knowing how much it was going to be. Like I'm some kind of orphan, you know? And, (laughs) and my husband rolls down the window and the woman goes, do you have any fruit? And I was like, what? What? I don't understand. She's like, fruit. Do you have any fruit in the car? And we did have fruit in the car. But I was uh-huh. like, just knee jerk instinct. I was like, no. no. <laughs> it's like, I'm not going to give you fruit in exchange for money. <laughs> and now I understand after that. Now I understand that there are. There are agricultural issues with uh, bringing produce and certain pests and whatnot into uh, California, but they weren't taking my goddamn grapes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that is something that international borders also have to deal with. Yes. I know countries where they will put you in jail if you don't declare you have produce or meat. They take their fruits very seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and we have such beautiful locales in this movie, Venice being the first. It it just really puts you in the movie, you know? Yeah, it does. And I would like to have been in the movie, Elementals or not. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, so Peter finds the necklace for MJ. It's just so sweet. He really cares. This is a huge deal to him. Yeah, it is. And we spend more time with MJ in this movie, too, which I love because Zendaya is great. I love MJ as a character, the confidence that she carries herself with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a 16-year-old, she's pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of those elementals, we have come to our first major attack. Mm-hmm. Dun-dun-dun. And the action here, the effects, it's so believable. But what I love is that it shows Peter, he doesn't need a suit to be a hero. Yeah, that's true. And that is something I think he has learned. Mm-hmm. It's just who he is. It is, yeah. And I actually kind of feel bad for Ned and Betty because they always seem to get stuck in the roughest positions. Yeah. Well, at least it's Betty and Ned and not just a girl, you know? And Ned also came through as a hero in Homecoming. Yeah, true. Yeah. And when we feel like things are kind of getting out of control, we meet Mysterio again. Yes. Yes. And soon or not, Peter wants to help. I'm really strong and I'm sticky. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's good to be sticky in a place where you could slip and die, you know, water everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, and that jester mask is totally hiding your face, Pete. Yep. Yep. (laughs) At least he's making an attempt. I think it actually makes him for that. I think it actually makes him more conspicuous. (laughs) Hey, if you have a giant water monster screaming, you're not gonna look at a guy wearing a mask. Yeah. And I think the Spider Manning in this movie is even better in terms of effects than Homecoming. Yeah. And you can see that he's grown as well as a hero. Mm-hmm. But the real star of this show is Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Of course he is. He has to be. Yeah, I mean, really, Marvel should hire Quentin Beck to be in charge of their VFX, because this is nuts. I would not recommend that. Is he a little unstable, like Tony said? <laughs> uh, just a tad. And I wouldn't want some kind of real world promotional experience. <laughs> yep. I'm too young to die. <laughs> Just for a promo for a movie. No, thank you. Yeah. So what a show he puts on. He neutralizes the elementals and sticks around for his applause. Of course. Of course. Yes. And then uh, takes off. Yeah, in the meantime, Peter is trying desperately to make that church bell building not fall on innocent people running around. Yeah. 
I do like that he gets his bell rung. <laughs> yeah, so everybody makes it out relatively unscathed, and we got to head back to the hotel. Yeah, because this was just the appetizer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Amy, what do you think caused this? Witches. Indeed. Must be. Thank you, Mr. Dell. Mm -hmm. Mr. Dell was keeping up with Alex Jones back in 2019, obviously. (laughs) Now, May is freaked out, of course, but she's trusting her nephew to take care of himself. Yes, and she's relatively calmer compared to the first movie, for sure, because she knows... He is more than capable of taking care of herself, but she does worry after all. Yeah. And, you know, she's busy, too. She's running this organization that help that's helping displaced people. Yeah. And happy is more than happy to help. Yeah. And, you know, I got to say eating her lunch. Yeah. Oh, that's a deal breaker for me. Let me tell you, you're out the fucking door, man. (laughs) Krista doesn't share food. No, she does not. Thankfully, that's not ever a worry in my house, as my husband wouldn't normally touch my particular food with a 10-foot pole, because there is yeah, there is no joy. I, yeah, no I get that. I get that. You <laughs> eat fucking cement, man. So I actually think May and Happy make a pretty cute couple. I would disagree, because I just don't like the thought of thinking about Happy having happy endings. <laughs> <laughs> they have really good chemistry. If but you I think... say so, don't stop, stop, no, no, <laughs> well, no. P- Peter's with you. He is not pleased with this development. Yeah, I understand. I agree. No. I love, though, that May knows about the plan. That's, yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Maybe he came up with the plan with her. It's possible. Yeah, he tells her everything. It's so cute. It is. It is. They have a good relationship, and I love that. And speaking of relationships, it's the way they set this up that Flash absolutely loves Spider-Man, but just constantly <laughs> trolls Speed Peter is amazing. Sup, dickwad? Yeah. <laughs> I think he must have had a bigger existential crisis at the end of the movie than Peter did. <laughs> you know what? I could see Flash turning into, oh, what the hell is his name? Uh, on Sherlock, the one CSI tech who lost oh, yeah, his chick. fucking mind. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Flash could end up as something like that. <laughs> so this movie does a great job of continuing the trend from Homecoming of just keeping us on our toes with shit we've never saw coming. Yeah, agreed. They took They take it to another level. They do. I can't say I ever imagined Ned taking a blow dart in the neck. (laughs) From Nick Fury. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Fury is not pleased that Mr. Parker has been ghosting him. I understand, yes. And he should be lucky that it was just a blow dart. Yeah. Yeah, so we already knew that Fury got blipped. Yes. And so we know he is now like working his way back in the spy game. Or so we think. Yes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Maybe Peter had his Peter tingle about Fury. That's why he was ghosting him. <laughs> yeah, so we get this is a great sequence, these great tension breaks. Another person touches that door, and you and I are gonna attend another funeral. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I must say, the observation skills of everyone else, very, very (laughs) bad. And this is where we come upon our MacGuffin of the movie, Fury's Gift to Peter. And it's Peter's glasses, which at first seems like just a pair of glasses, but it's not. It's Edith. (laughs) Edith is still one of the biggest laughs I've ever had at a Marvel movie on a first watch. Okay. Even dead, I'm the hero. (laughs) It's just so Tony. It absolutely is. And I wonder how long had he kept that ready. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is Tony's tangible legacy to Peter. 
This is access to everything at Stark Industries, including all of their satellites. Yeah, which is a lot for a teenager. You think? This is another one of those times. What were you thinking, Mr. Stark? Were you thinking at all? Maybe he was thinking Peter wouldn't get it in his teens. Well, this is why you you set it up like a trust fund. You get weapon privileges at 21, you get access to the satellites at 25, and then at 30, you get the rest. You know, something like that. (laughs) That would make sense, but then that would also make Tony a responsible person. Yeah. And we know that's not true. Yeah. God. So while Ned sleeps off his blow dart, Fury (laughs) takes Peter down to his... uh, We'll say European lair. I was kind of thinking catacombs. Ah, oh, right. Venice. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Good point. I see they removed all the skeletons after uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Good cleanup job. You really need to travel. <laughs> and somebody's there waiting for him. It's actually a big team working over there. Yeah. And we see Maria and Mysterio. So what's great about the final, final twist of the movie, of course, we know now that that is not actually Fury, that is Talos. But Mm -hmm. the fact that Fury is fooled, we think Fury is fooled by this ruse, it just makes the twist that much better because I fell for it. Yeah, I did too. And then on rewatch, it makes sense for Fury to fall for Mysterio's nonsense because it's not Fury. And it keeps Nick Fury's credibility of being the smartest person or the most paranoid person in the room alive while having all this possible. Did that make sense? It did. Yeah. It's so perfectly done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you also, on rewatch, kind of feel like, yeah, there is something a bit off about them. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another moment that will come to also later on that I will point out. Mm -hmm. Beck plays the hero so well. Chillenhall is so damn good at this. Yeah, he is. Yeah. It almost makes you feel like maybe he didn't know about the twist till the twist. I know what you mean. He's that good. Yeah. 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 So he claims to be from Earth, but a different reality. This is a comic mm-hmm. throwback. He says, well, this is Earth 616, but he's from Earth 833. Yes. And I must say he was ahead of his time because now we have infinite possibilities of different Earths. Yeah. And that's what Peter cares about the most is the science of it. It's so Tony and Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. And so, you know, Beck is explaining to them about the elementals. Earth, wind, fire, and water. And I'm sitting here having Captain Planet flashbacks. I'm like, where's Heart? (laughs) Heart's missing. Where is it? Yeah, I was just waiting for them to break into song for that. (laughs) And what Beck here does is very smart, great writing. He couches the whole concept of the elementals in terms of myth, which is so smart Mm -hmm. because Thor was a myth. Loki was a myth. Exactly. Yeah. And the idea of superheroes was just that fantasy. Right. Now it's reality. So it's easier to accept something that you've already seen to be true before. Mm Mm-hmm. So according to Beck, the elementals took over his earth and he was one of the last heroes standing. Fire destroyed Mm -hmm. his earth and took his family. So sad. Oh, yeah. Really tugging at those heartstrings. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cheesy writing, I must say. And effective. Effective, yes. And credit to Jill and Hall, too. Yeah, for not hamming it up. And he warns them, Fire Elemental will be in Prague in 48 hours, and it is the strongest of them all. Mm-hmm. So Fury wants Peter to be there in order to help. And the boy is a bit hesitant. Yes, yes. And, you know, I thought this moment was further along, but here's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, after the first one, she realized Nick Fury wouldn't say, bitch, please, you've been to space. See, see, that's not Nick Fury 
Neither is that Talos. No, that is Samuel L. fucking Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> and it's amazing. It's fantastic. It <laughs> so what's great is we get that great Sam Jackson moment, but it's okay for it to break character from Fury because it's not Fury. Yeah. And it's fucking amazing. I love that line. It's great. It's like, Can I be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man? It's like, bitch, please, you've been to space. <laughs> And you know, it's so much funnier now watching Kong Skull Island now that Captain Marvel's come out because he also says, bitch, please, to Brie Larson in that movie. And it's like, oh, wait, no, 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 you did not say that to Captain Marvel. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Fury would never. Actually, he would. He'd mean it in a funny way, not a serious way as, see, you'd understand if you'd seen the movie. He has a gun on her when he's saying that. I see. Okay, fair enough. Yes. I mean, it could still be funny because she could just crush that gun if needed. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting movie, because now in hindsight, it is uh, Loki and Captain Marvel teaming up against Nick Fury to uh, save a giant gorilla. Anyway. (laughs) Okay, that is a fever dream after (laughs) doing the entire Infinity Saga. Oh, I do have fever dreams after watching that movie, but they have nothing to do with uh, anything Infinity Saga related. Uh Yeah. Anyway, Mm -hmm. yeah. So even though nobody else is around to help, Peter won't go. And I don't blame him. Not only does he deserve this trip, he doesn't want May being stressed about him. Yeah, that's true. And self care is important. He clearly needs this break after everything that's going on. He needs to get his head straight. And clearly he doesn't. And that's what leads to so much other trouble afterwards. You know, he needs to process. Yeah, and, you know, Fury totally understands, totally respects this. No problem, kid. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good to respect people's boundaries. Uh Uh-huh. Right. Oh, Peter, you little dummy. Once again. (laughs) You know, here's a question. In, In our discussion of Homecoming, we discussed... Who is worse at keeping secrets, uh, Tom Holland or Peter Parker? The question for this movie is, who is more gullible, Tom Holland or Peter Parker? That is also a tough one. Hmm. I think it's a bit of a tie. Yeah, yeah. Levels. I'm going to have to go with that. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of with Ned here. He thinks getting drank by Fury is the coolest thing that's ever happened to him. Well, you certainly have good dreams, you know, once you're tranked. Yeah. I mean, who else can yeah. say they've taken a blow dart and survived from the one of the greatest spies the world has ever known? Yeah, that's true. Too bad he can't actually tell anyone that. I think he's all right with that. Yeah. He's better at keeping secrets. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so- than both Peter and Tom. So, Mr. Harrington has great news, everybody. We've been upgraded. Yeah, they better have been upgraded after that shitty hotel. It was practically sinking. Yes, yes. So we're headed to, oh, surprise face, Prague. (laughs) I must say, that was a very nice bus and a very nice hotel. I wouldn't mind saving the world if I got a chance to stay in places like that. Oh, my God. Seriously, though? The casting for this dude holding the sign, if that isn't the most perfectly cast goon I've ever seen, I don't know who is. <laughs> yeah, he is distinctively goonish, and that's the point, so that yeah. we recognize him. Yeah, that's the guy who, like, when he was born, they were like, congratulations, you have a goon, <laughs> you know? <laughs> oh, guy. <laughs> He's probably a really nice guy, you know? And again, Peter is just so sweet. He's looking for romantic places in Prague to tell MJ how he feels about her. Yeah, you know, he's trying to adapt to the new situation and he's not giving up. Yeah, and it's so endearing. You know, he is genuinely such a good kid, but not over the top so that he's unbelievable. I appreciate what he's doing here because this kind of effort that he's putting into a relationship that does not yet exist. Grown men don't even make this kind of effort after, say, I don't know, 10-ish years of marriage. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I've, <laughs> I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. 
you know, that it's lovely to see. Uh, I have a question for you. Yes. When is your next therapy appointment? <laughs> so they're on the bus and that legacy's hitting home again. Peter's trying on those glasses. For the next Tony Stark, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Oof. No pressure, kiddo. Yeah, and that one line can be interpreted in so many different ways. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think it's, of course, Tony loved this kid. Tony mm-hmm. wants him to live up to his full potential. He, he knows the kid is capable of so much, absolutely. But part of this is also ego. Tony sees his legacy in Peter. Yeah. Tony sees himself living beyond death in a way through Peter and all he might do. Mm-hmm. Which isn't the healthiest thinking, but it's very Tony. It is. And Tony didn't seem to grasp the concept of Peter needing to learn, Peter needing needing to grow into that. Yeah. And, you know, we mentioned how this is way too much responsibility for a kid Peter's age to have. But this is also a lot like the end of The Dark Knight with Lucius telling Bruce, like, I'm not on board with this sonar system you got going on. No one person should have this much power. And I think that's the case here, too. Yeah, because, you know, with great power. (sighs) I thought we resolved this. (laughs) We could. It's a Spider-Man movie. I don't care. We cannot cover a Spider-Man movie without those famous words. Say it with me. If they can make two Spider-Man movies without saying the name Ben fucking Parker, yes, we can. And you just said it, so we have to say the words. Immortalized by Ben Parker. (laughs) No, we need to Google witchcraft with Mr. Dell. (laughs) I mean, it certainly is a lot of responsibility. And we get a nice little glimpse into uh, Flash's life here, too. Just so quick with the texts that really make you feel bad for him. Yeah. And it kind of makes you understand why he is the way he is. Yeah. It's such a nice moment for a small supporting character. That's what I love. This franchise particularly, everybody gets their moments. Mm -hmm. Certain moments I could do without, which is the point. Ned and Betty are the definition of sickening. Yeah. That's the (laughs) idea. Yep. Yep. They do it very well. Yeah. I wanted the blow dart... Not for them, for myself. (laughs) Now it's time for a pee break. (laughs) Yeah, for a second I thought you needed a break. (laughs) (laughs) Me? Need a pee break? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah, you don't normally just give me that much warning. You just go pee and run off. (laughs) Even if I'm midway through a sentence. So this is engineered for Peter to get some intel from Fury. This operative he's meeting up with has another suit for him since one of the reasons he told Fury that he can't go to Prague is that Spider-Man can't be seen in Europe. Good yeah, point. and that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So he gets a darker Spider-Man suit and this operative is interesting. Take off your clothes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she was trained to be an operative. She was probably trained in other things and just kind of, uh, she just kind of like was hired because of her location. I'm thinking her skill set runs a little more violent. I know. See, I was thinking her skills lie in taking other people's clothes off. I can't imagine why your mind went that way. (laughs) (laughs) So Peter's trying to get into this suit. And fucking Brad just has to ruin everything. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy, but he seems, but he is a bit annoying, isn't he? He tries to make himself out to be a nice guy, but he's a dick. Mm -hmm. There is nothing ever, ever okay or cool about taking a picture of somebody naked without their consent. True. Especially if he's trying to show to someone else and he's telling you that. Exactly. And he's trying yeah. to make himself look like the nice guy. Oh, I know you want MJ and she needs to know. Oh, go fuck yourself. You just want her for yourself. 
Yeah, he's a nice guy. Uh Uh-huh. That's exactly it. And you know what, Mm -hmm. Brad? None of your business. In case you haven't noticed, MJ can take care of her fucking self. Yeah. And whatever it is, it's between MJ and Peter. That's right. So now we get one of the funniest sequences in this movie. Yeah. So here's the thing where a manual would be helpful. Yes, yes. Well, Peter doesn't have the best track record with learning how to use things before he uh, dives in, does he? Yeah, yeah. And that is, like we discussed in the previous movie, a genetic thing for techies. Manuals not required. (laughs) Now, I would never normally condone hacking into somebody's phone. But in this case, he has every right to try and delete that picture from Brad's phone. So I'm fine with it. Yeah, except that his idea of hacking seems to be blowing the boy up. (laughs) Yeah, Tony, maybe we shouldn't have given a 16-year-old the capability to exercise a drone strike on people, whether he means it or not. Yeah, and maybe perhaps Edith should have levels, you know, threat levels. Why is there no training wheels protocol? Exactly. You don't go from hello to... Let's kill someone. (laughs) Yeah, so chaos ensues as Peter tries to stop this and deal with Flash at the same time, who just gets knocked out one bunch. Yeah, yeah, that was unintentional. Yeah. But he kind of deserved it at that point. He did. Yeah. He honestly, I think he deserved more than that for all the years of torture. So the best Peter can come up with here for distracting everybody from this Joan strike, baby mountain goats. <laughs> to be fair, it would work with me. Yes. When I went to Fiji, there's a lot of lush greenery around and I was obsessed with capturing all the cows. When you say capture, you do mean take a photo, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making yes. sure we're not lassoing cows. <laughs> No, no. They would probably trample me and I wouldn't be here today. But they were so different from the cows that I'm used to. And I I was going nuts with all the birds. There were so many different birds. And I saw a frog hopping away from my hotel room, which was amazing. I'm very happy for you. (laughs) Yeah, I can hear the sarcasm. (laughs) So yeah, mountain goats would have me fascinated, yes. Now, while everybody's looking out the window, this is a great effect. Peter jumping up through the sky window here and sabotaging the drone. God, this is cool. Yeah, it is. And Peter does. It's a good thing he has his web slingers. Yes. At the ready. Yes. And he does manage to delete the picture from Brad's phone. And Brad's the one who looks stupid. Suck it, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You deserve it. So we said at the end of Homecoming that MJ was already very suspicious of Peter at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. And she is only becoming more suspicious in Prague with very good reason. Yeah, understandable. She's a smart girl after all. Yeah, and Zendaya is exceptional at the side eye. Yeah, she is. She's a very good actress. I like her. Yeah, me too. So Maria Hill contacts Peter. We've got intel incoming for him because the fire elemental is approaching. Mm -hmm. And the government's refusing to evacuate the city. Shocking. Yeah, you know, because at this point, it's just one problem after another. Yeah, it's just one fire monster. Yeah. I mean, what's that when you have half the population disappearing? Yeah, that's a good point. So it's up to Peter and Fury to figure this out, along with Mr. Beck. Yes. And man, Beck just plays him like a violin. Gyllenhaal is so good. All these little looks and smiles. Ah, he's perfect. Yeah, I think had he not been lying to everyone and, you know, creating this whole persona, he would have really liked, they probably could have been friends. You mean if it weren't for the fact that he's a psychopath? Yes. So that his entire personality was entirely different? You mean if he actually was the guy he's pretending to be? Yes. 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 (laughs) Uh, Yeah. That. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it doesn't quite work, does it? No. I'll take that back. Yeah, and Fury knows that Peter is right. He's right. He's not ready for this. But he's all they've got right now. Yeah. And as we're seeing the Disney Plus shows, we're kind of understanding why. Yeah, not exactly a pep talk, though. So that's when Beck comes in again. Yeah. And they have a, in quotation marks, heart to heart. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this was another meta line. You do have sarcasm on this earth, right? <laughs> because unlike, uh, unlike Drax, everything goes over Tom Holland's head, and it's hilarious. <laughs> so again here, we see Peter grappling with being a hero versus being a kid, and now it's the complete opposite of what he went through in Homecoming. Yeah, it is. In Homecoming, he wanted to be the hero. And save the world and the accolades and all of that. And here he just wants to be himself. Being a hero is is not all that it's cracked up to be, isn't it? No, it's not. And this goes Mm -hmm. to what you were saying about Beck. He is being the mentor that Peter actually needs right now. He is damn good at it. Yeah, he is. He knows how to build him up. He knows how to relate to him. And, you know, great line here. If we survive this, you'll have all summer to kill Brad. (laughs) again this movie is such a great cultural commentary the best most effective sociopaths they're just like this yeah they are that's why they go under the radar so well exactly they know how to mimic they know how to manipulate Mm -hmm. yeah and because peter is a hero with or without that suit he uses edith to send his class to of all places the opera to try and keep them as safe as possible. Yeah, and now see, I did not understand this bit. Why was everyone pissed off? I would love to go to the opera. Because you were you, and they're teenagers. They're American teenagers. They don't want to go to the fucking opera. You know how much opera tickets cost to get a chance to go for free? They don't care. There's a carnival outside. Yeah, it you carnivals happen all the fucking time and it's the same damn thing every time and opera is an experience oh you are a buzzkill at least you've got ned on your side good man ned playing along yes yes the opera yeah he's playing along so he's not exactly on my side (laughs) close enough yeah i guess and what i love here too is with these little glimpses we get of peter and mj's relationship She is very good at projecting confidence, but really, she too is still just a kid and just as awkward and nervous with Peter as he is with her. Yeah. And she's masking it with that bravado. Yes. Yes. And poor Peter, he's got fury squawking in his ear. He wants to be with MJ. (laughs) He's so torn. He's worried about Ned and Ned's worried about him. It's a mess. It is. And the opera is more or less empty with a few old people there. Yeah, because it's the opera. Wait. Mm-hmm. What, yeah, yeah. You realize what it says yeah. about you? <laughs> My point is, it's well, empty. It doesn't seem like it's a very good opera, you know? It's probably empty because it's a carnival outside. Yeah, because it's a carnival and they're awesome. Okay, I'm old, okay? (laughs) Fine. (laughs) There, I said it. All right, everybody. So on Amy's meltdown, we are going to end (laughs) part one so she can look back upon her life, plot her next choices. (laughs) When did this happen? (laughs) And we will pick things back up with the elementals in Prague in part two. Yes, I need to call my therapist now. Thanks to all you madams for joining us today. I'm Madam Chris. And I'm Madam Amy. Part two of Far From Home is already in your feed, so get on it. Yep. And if you want to share your thoughts on Far From Home ahead of Spider-Man No Way Home, find us on Twitter and Instagram at Marvel Madams. I tell you, these names are going to kill me. (laughs) But while I'm still alive, you can check out our website at marvelousmadams.com where infinity stones are a girl's best friend.
am amazed at how you are able to bring that man into everything <laughs> possible. Amy, I'm sweating is... my ass off right now. It's killing me. I'm sweating from <laughs> every pore of my body. You have this incredible talent. <laughs> Too bad you can't monetize it. It's it's otherworldly, this talent that you have. 